Hey y'all, this is Allison. Before we start, a reminder to sign up for the free spring cleaning course. If it's not spring, you can call it the decluttering challenge. It is a five-day challenge to declutter your home, mind, body, and soul, and it's freaking awesome. Go to aligndesigns.co, click on online courses, and it'll be the first one listed as you scroll down. This is Align Designs, the show about creating a life of ease and flow and encouraging women to be 100% authentically themselves by following their inner authority and practicing transparency and vulnerability. This is the place where you can collect all the tools to help you construct your best life through the lens of human design. Here's your host, Allison Cullen. Awesome women with me today, um, Sana and Sophia from Sunrise Coaching, and they are actually experts in work-life balance. They are coaches for people who have experienced burnout or are in the middle of a burnout or getting ready to experience a burnout and help prevent that and heal from it and all that kind of stuff. So I'm so excited to have both of you ladies on the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you. We're very happy to be here. Thank you so much, Alison. So Sana and Sophia, we'll start with Sana. Tell us a little bit about you and how you got into this work-life balance coaching. Yeah, so I'm Sana and I have a bachelor in psychology and a master in organizational psychology. And I got into this line of work um, really just through, um, you know, first of all, I've had quite a bit of experiences in the clinical field of things, but I realized uh, from more experiences that I had and from my studies that work-life balance is a huge issue in many different companies with many different people. So I thought, you know what? I would love to help people in this sector and um, just really not only does it help the employees, but it helps the organizations as well. So um, it's something that I'm very passionate about. I read a lot of books about it. And um, yeah, working with Sophia has just really just extended my love for helping people improve their work-life balance. So my name is Sophia and I'm the co-founder of Sunrise Coaching. And so the way it all started um, Son and I actually met because we had the, the same university. So we both uh, studied psychology in Spain. And when we met, first we started connecting through an equine therapy uh, passion. We both loved horses and we both experienced uh, multiple clinical experiences where we were with patients and horses and how the idea of horses being able to help um, patients really get in touch with themselves and from this passion we discovered that we actually loved working together and so we had the idea of uh, of building this coaching company but then we were thinking okay where could we start where could we specialize and what do we actually want to provide to people because our main goal was to help people and then we started realizing that both being very perfectionist we both really struggle with the idea of having an, a good balance, a balance between your professional life, your personal life, but most of all, a balance with your expectations about yourself within the workplace or even within your family. And so we we're like, okay, this is actually hard for us to achieve. Let's explore how we can both, you know, work on ourselves and actually uh, consciously decide what kind of balance we want. 
And let's actually help other people while we explore it for ourselves. And that's how we had the idea of specializing within the work-life balance field. That's awesome. I feel like we could do a whole other podcast episode on the equine therapy, because I know that's a huge thing um, just for anybody, but especially of kids with special needs and stuff. I know that that's like a really big thing here in Texas, at least. So that's, that's so beautiful. And Sana, what is your background? Um, so hi everyone, I'm Sana. Um, so I just actually finished my master's um, in organizational psychology. So as Sophia said, I've always been very you know, passionate about equine therapy. Um, I've worked in Pennsylvania for a little bit on a farm, an equine therapy farm, helping veterans with PTSD and uh, children with trauma. Um, but I thought, you know, um, my goal is to eventually move to Australia. And right now I thought I might as well set up a business to help working professionals de- um, increase their work-life balance, because I also realize this is something that's very prevalent um, other than uh, what other individuals are suffering from. Yeah. And I'm just like thinking back, I'm, I'm a little bit older than y'all, but I remember when I got my first job, I was like 21 and working in an office, an accounting office, and everything was fine and good. And we had email and then just regular phones and all that. But I remember a few months in, maybe like six months in was when the, I got my first Blackberry. I don't think iPhones even existed yet. Um, but Blackberry, do y'all even, do y'all know, remember Blackberries? I remember that very well. <laughs> yeah. So I love them. They were I so got, cool. They were cool. I got my first Blackberry though. And I, and I connected my email to it. So it was like, then I could check my work email anytime. And that was the first time I experienced anxiety. And it was just crazy as such a young adult. Um, I, I had never had that type of anxiety before and I enjoyed working so much like it was I I really enjoy work, but it was so nice to have like a a boundary for when I got home that that wasn't still there that I couldn't check my email. But then once the Blackberry came, I could check my email and it was like it went off at every hour of the night because I worked in the music industry. So my clients were all, you know, they were up at night, they were traveling, they were playing gigs that were, that went late into the night and stuff. And then they'd email and I'd get the little alert and it was just crazy. Like, I just remember that that's when that was like 2006 or seven. And that is when like, there was no work-life balance. There was no boundaries. Do you know what I mean? And I guess the awareness of work-life balance just really wasn't that prevalent back then. Um, I'm curious, though, were you aware um, that you were getting anxiety due to your BlackBerry or were you not really aware? No, at the time, I had no idea why I was suffering from anxiety. Um, I had no idea what it was connected to. But looking back, uh, it probably took like five years for me to realize like connect those two and realize Mm -hmm. that. And eventually I did start putting some boundaries in place where I would like turn off my notifications and make sure that my phone was on do not disturb and not put, not put my work email on my phone and all that kind of stuff. So I learned how to do that once I realized that, but some people just don't, I mean, I did, I was so young, I didn't know. And that was then my first like experience with technology in that way. You know, I didn't even have a laptop. I think an interesting part of what you're telling, and especially one that relates a lot to, for example, our model, 
and, and how we work and how we approach work-life balance as Sunrise Coaching is the idea of, like you said, the boundaries, but the different types of boundaries. So before, the main boundary that allowed us for us to separate between our professional life and our personal life were physical ones. Mm-hmm. You knew when you were working because you were in an office uh, surrounded by your colleagues, uh, you were in your own desk and you knew you were in your workplace. And when you came home, you knew you were in your personal life with your family, um, having a different type of thinking because you have in your mind, you have your private sphere and your public sphere. Mm-hmm. And uh, when you're when you're working, you're more in your public sphere. So you will have a different type of language, a different type of thinking rather than in the private sphere when you're more with your friends, family, it's more casual, you know? Yeah. And I think uh, the introduction of technologies and the digitalization of our work has almost come, almost broken that physical boundary. And so now people are confused, you know, they're like, I'm I'm not in my workplace, but my work is still around me. How, how do I do? How do I cut? Because there's no way for me to actually put like a, I don't know, like a, you could put your, your phone in a box and lock it. But yeah. if you're, for example, your, your husband calls you because there's an emergency, then, you know, the phone is in the box. Yeah. So it's the whole idea of switching our mentality that only needing physical boundaries, but actually going into mental boundaries. How yeah. do we create mental trick? to know when we're working and when we're not. Because the idea of you're having your workplace and then you're having your personal place is gone almost, especially now with COVID and remote working, you know? Totally, totally. I was going to ask y'all, and Sana, I don't know if this is a question you want to answer. What? So for somebody who knows that they're so burnt out, they're already experiencing burnout from their work or just life in general, um, just feeling like, well, A, maybe uh, maybe answer this. What are some of the symptoms of burnout? Like how can somebody tell that they're suffering a, a burnout? And then what's your best adv- advice for someone to getting healing from that burnout and getting to the other side? Yeah, so um, I think the key kind of symptoms of burnout um, and how burnout is really defined is by either just being utterly exhausted or just being really disengaged. Um, So disengagement could really look like, for example, not interacting with your family, uh, very much being on your phone, not talking much, and also just not being very present at work, um, which also relates to presenteeism, which is kind of the opposite of absenteeism, uh, where someone's at work, but not present. So really just, again, disengaged. And of course, exhaustion, you're just, playing out exhausted. So um, those are really the two key factors that are associated with burnout. I've gone through burnout several times in life, Um, but I remember the biggest one that I had, it was almost as if there was like a depression where it wasn't like I was suicidal or, or like really felt like totally hopeless about my life and that it wasn't ever gonna get better, but it was like a I had to physically force myself to sit down and do work or to answer the phone. I found myself just like resisting everything. It was like my body was in, was fighting me. It did not want to work. And I wish that I would have 
instead of judging myself for being lazy or like not responsible or not productive or whatever, I wish I would have just given myself time to be like, okay, body, what are you trying to tell me? Is this like not the right line of work for me? Am I working too much? Am I, you know, like that kind of thing. So that's, that's like how I felt when I was going through my burnout. Definitely. And I think that also really relates to awareness, right? So a lot of people just keep working and they don't take time for themselves. And because of that, they then completely get caught up in work and there's no much, there's no focus on yourself. So one of the tips that I'd like to say is really just trying to take time for yourself. For example, doing some walks in nature, uh, listening to nice music. Um, also something that I found myself doing is every time I wake up early in the morning, the first thing well, the first thing I used to do was immediately checking my phone, checking my emails, seeing if I got a response from someone. Um, and I really noticed this kind of adrenaline and also anxiety with on, almost burning within my stomach. Um, so I think these are some things that um, can really help. But um, also a really a good model that is called the job demands resources model, which basically says that when there are too many demands, so high demands, and there are low resources within a company, this causes burnout. Um, so resources are, for example, you know, uh, support for employees, uh, social support and uh, feelings of trust. And demands are obviously the overload of work. So the key here is really trying to increase these resources and decrease the demands. Um, but the question really is how? <laughs> So, um, yeah. and, and, I would, and that's where y'all work with people on a very, I, f I figure that y'all, you coaching your clients is like super personalized because every burnout situation is very different depending on if you're burnout from work or your burnout from motherhood and not having enough help and not having enough resources and not having enough blank space. That's like one thing that I think is just huge in order to, for me, in order to speed up and produce in, area, in any area of life, I always feel like I need to slow down first, like slow down, create blank space, and then you can create a plan and speed up once you've gotten enough rest and, you know, just prior, you've gotten your priorities in, in, in order and you've gotten the help that you need, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's also why, you know, one of the main tips that you'd hear is also just creating a schedule and um, creating a schedule that really fits your needs. Um, but it does sound much easier said than done. So this is why also coaching comes very much into play, because uh, we as coaches, for example, really help clients get in touch with their values and what they stand for and um, why it's actually important for them as a person to set these times apart to spend time with their families or with their kids and also for them to see and uh, learn the benefits um, so it's really because sometimes you know they, they hear all these tips but um, then they forget you know the the effects one other question, we have a lot of listeners who are mothers and whether they're stay-at-home moms or they're working part-time or they're working full-time, it's a really hard job. And so if you're a mom, you're definitely doing either, you're doing the equivalent of like two full-time jobs, even yeah. if you don't work. And then if you work, then you're doing the equivalent of like three full-time jobs. It's a, it's a lot. Um, what tips 
do you have for moms, especially those who are maybe working part-time or trying to work full-time? What kinds of things can we do like to ease the burden or create blank space or to take a look at that at our values in being a mom, our values in being in being a worker, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, well, um, first of all, and I know I've said this a lot, uh, scheduling, scheduling, and scheduling. So um, again, first of all, really important to plan what an ideal, ideal schedule looks like for you. And what is the balance that you're really looking for? So that's the first thing. Um, so organization really is key. Um, also just about, you know, uh, really, within the obviously you have your kids at home um and you're at work and you want to please both parties probably your kids more i assume <laughs> um but this is why it's important to have better communication for example by learning to say no um and it's not an easy one especially if you're a big yes person but um this is highly important um and i also think this is one of the main uh, tips that i'd give is really when you when you're at home with your kids and you've set this you've scheduled this time apart. It's about the quality of the time that you're spending with your family rather than the qual uh, quantity. So this can also really reduce the kind of guilty feeling that a lot of uh, mothers may have when they don't spend, for example, more than three hours with their kids in a day or something like that. So that's kind of a, a different perspective and a viewpoint of uh, seeing this. Oh my gosh, yeah, that's so... That's such a huge deal. And I feel like we have so much conditioning around that. I mean, I was raised, I did not go to daycare. My mom was a stay at home mom. So I didn't go to school till like preschool, like the year before kindergarten started. And so in the back of my head, I was just always like, that's what you do. That's the best thing. And it's so weird because I have, my child is two now and I have had her in daycare this whole time because I've been working and she loves it. Like she is such an extrovert and she's just obsessed with all the kids at her school. And I don't think she'd be as happy of a baby if she had been home at, with me those entire two years. Maybe some babies would be, but for her, like she just likes variety. She's like, she, I'm like a complete introvert. So she's like the opposite of me. Um, and it's like, you know, this all worked out for the best. However, I'm, I'm listening to what you're saying. And I've been realizing lately that she's, she's been in full-time daycare and starting next month, we're going to be picking her up a few hours early because I want more time with her and I can do that now. And I'm like, okay, I've grown my business to where now I can have extra time with my daughter. And, and that's, that'll be good. So she'll sort of have the best of both worlds and I'll have the best of both worlds. But for a while, for a season, growing my business and renovating our house and all of that kind of stuff, we needed to do full-time daycare because that's what made me the best mom. And that's what made me the best person when I had time with her. And now I'm like, okay, I miss her. I would like a little bit more time with her each day. And so we're adjusting that and creating that new schedule. So I love that you're, that you're saying oh, that. That's so nice. Yeah. And also I think Again, a lot of mothers feel guilty very easily when uh, they do certain things. And it's really important to really try and find mechanisms and coping mechanisms not to really feel guilty because um, it's just very important to let go of these feelings because it's not going to help. It's just going to make someone, you know, you make you feel worse. Yeah, it makes you feel worse. Oh, I have a whole podcast episode, I think, from April 2021 on mom guilt. Um, and 
it be it being important to work through those feelings because your kids pick up on them and yeah. then they feel like they did something wrong if you feel guilty exactly. so doing everything in mom guilt is going to exist but it's our job as moms to process that and figure out ways to <clears throat> either ask for help or move things around or reprioritize your life or change your job if you need to like if you're dropping your kid off at daycare to go do a job that you hate that that's a huge issue like an extremely we do not need to be not spending time with our kids to go do work that we hate like yeah. there's a big problem there and your kids shouldn't be seeing you go do work that you don't enjoy that's like teaching them how to go you know be chained to their desk for the rest of their lives and have a terrible life like i just see so much conditioning in growing up in like the 80s and 90s that i'm like oh my god why mm -hmm. did why were they teaching us these things you know um it's such a it's such a different world now go ahead yeah it is quite and one side it is also really difficult because for example some moms they literally have to work jobs that they don't like because they have to earn the income and then the question is, you know, how are they going to separate that that negative feeling, how they feel at work with them being with their kids? And then, for example, if they're feeling sad or unhappy at work, uh, there's and then they take it home to their kids, there's probably that guilty feeling again. So then there's this question, you know, how do I separate this? How do I separate my work feelings from being at home? And so that that creates a lot of confusion and, and more kind of depression and sadness for the for the mother. Yeah, for sure. And I know that we're talking about, there was a lot of these things that I worked through before having a child and not everybody has the privilege to do that. And I, I just, I chose to have kids way later in life. And so that was, right. that was like a, a privilege that I got for waiting to have kids. Mm -hmm. But I know that not everybody is in that situation. And some people have kids before they get their, their, you know, passion project, perfect job set in yeah. place and, and all that kind of stuff. And at the same time, I think that slowing down to figure out what you do love and taking tiny baby steps in that direction can open up so many more possibilities. Like like what y'all are doing right now, It you, as long as you figure out what you want to do and what your calling is and what really lights you up and, and gives you purpose and passion and whatever, you could even take 30 minutes a day to start that side project to where maybe in a year you can leave your full-time job and have this, you know, career that you've created. So yes, I, you're, you're correct for pointing that out. I just say, if you hate your job, then note, don't like, don't ignore that feeling. Don't exactly. push it down and don't make excuses for it create some extra space to figure out what your most perfect job would look like and what your most perfect schedule would look like. It's all about awareness, right? So if you're aware that you're not happy with your job, then you can try um, through different ways to improve this. Yeah. And I would definitely, if you're in that space, I would definitely um, recommend getting in touch with Sana and Sophia and, and doing some work with them. Okay, so a couple other questions. Sophia, I didn't know if you wanted to maybe take some of these. Um, and we have, you know, 
whether it's mothers or other people, if people are wanting to maybe just start a side business or passion project, but still maintain good work-life balance, what tips, Sophia, would you have for women like that? So I think the most important, and it's something you both have discussed previously, and I really, really like because it links really well to to what I believe. First of all, the most important thing is the importance of setting boundaries between yourself and your child. And I don't mean this in a negative way at all, far from it, but it's completely you know, normal and understandable that when you have your own child, all you can think of is how to care for him or her and give the best possible you can. And I love, Alison, that you talk about this mom guilt and the fact that mom guilt is going to be there no matter what or may not be, or maybe, but it's something that is normal and it's understandable. Because to be honest, if you think about the guilt behind, it's not even a bad um, source. The reason why you feel guilty is because you simply just want to give the best to your kid. And that's just, it's a, it's a pure and beautiful thing that mm-hmm. you have as a mom. But it's important to also acknowledge it and go, a, I wouldn't say go around it, but almost like go through it. It's like, okay, I have this guilt, but I need that boundary. And why? Because, for example, if I take uh, what Tristy Rodriguez, I think she was, she's a pre and postnatal wellness expert. She, she said in her book that it's essential to the health and well-being of a mom to fill themselves up, mm-hmm. to give more to themselves so that as a mom, they have even more to give to their children, you know? And... Yes. So it's the whole idea of you are allowed to follow your needs and your passions. And to be honest, if we think about it, it's like, for example, the example in the, in the plane. What do they tell you when, you when, for example, you have a crisis in the plane and you have to put the oxygen mask? Always put your oxygen mask first mm-hmm. and then put the one for your kid. Yes. Take care of yourself first so that you're able to take care of your kid. And that's how you can go through the guilt, understanding that, okay, this guilt is here because I have a valid reason and I have a beautiful reason, which is that I want to take care of my child in the best possible way. How can I do it? Taking care of yourself and making yourself happy and allowing yourself to work on a project that passionates you. Because if you're happy and fulfilled, your children will feel it. It's just like you said, I don't, I don't remember if it was Sonny or Alison, who said that it was it was your listen that one in your podcast you talked about how the child almost identifies with the guilt of the mom you know but if they grow up with parents that are happy and fulfilled i personally believe that's one of the most valuable lessons a child can learn it's life changing for a child because they will mirror their parents mm-hmm. and so they will learn how to seek for what they want for their passions for their for their desire to be fulfilled in this life and I think that's that's the best thing you can allow yourself to to be as a mom yes 100% I had like full body chills when you were saying that (laughs) that's the total truth is children mimic what we are doing and if we are just depleting ourselves and doing things that don't light us up and we're just exhausted all the time, they'll think that's normal and they'll go take on things like that to make their 
their selves depleted and burned out. Exactly. Exactly. So. And it's like they say in healing, you know, it's always important. If you want to change the world and you want to help others around you, start by changing yourself and you see how it'll magnetically just you, you'll emanate that healing to others and they will take on their own healing. But you got to start with yourself first. And maybe that's how we can link it to, to motherhood and being able to follow your passions while having your children at the same time. Yeah, it's totally huge. And I notice too, like there's some days where I have just an extra long work day. And so I'll see my daughter for like an hour before school and an hour before she goes to bed. But those two hours, I am not on my phone. I am only hanging out with her. I am interacting with her. I'm, you know, chatting with her and being mm -hmm. on her level. And it's a very, very high quality two hours. Whereas a there's been times where she's stayed home with me and it's like, I mean, maybe we have a quality 10 minutes because I'm so exhausted and I'm trying to do 5 billion things at once and she's screaming and I'm on the verge of tears and it's just terrible. And I'm like, mm -hmm. wow, I, <laughs> when I get to have like several hours to myself to dive into work that I love or to go to yoga or to, you know, go out into nature a little bit and all that kind of stuff. And then I have two hours with my daughter that are just super high quality that's the best for both of us. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, that's what that's what Sunday says. You know, in the end, it's it's quality over quantity. And right now, you know, we're switching more into a society that focuses a lot on quantity and getting more, getting more hours, getting more achievements, getting more success. But in the end, it's no. The idea is that you can also have that quality and have actually less time. And so it's, it's really interesting that, that you say that. Um, I know we're not chatting too much about human design in this episode, but I'm excited, Sophia, for you, for you to, um, you've, you've gone into your manifester energy type a little bit. I think you said like a year ago, but one cool thing about the manifester type and the, and projectors can do this too, is that you, you can get like eight hours of work done in like an hour and a half when you have the correct energy. And it's so crazy because I'm like, what would our world be like if people knew actually that that's how it is? Cause like for Sa Sana is a manifesting generator and I'm a generator for us, as long as we have the space and the, the like time to really get into creative flow, we can also create a lot of content and get a lot work done of work done um, as long as we're following what lights us up and all that kind of stuff. But like manifestors and projectors for real can do like a couple hour of hours of work, like two hours of work and get a whole week's worth of work done. And mm -hmm. I, one of my goals in what I do in, in alignment coaching and teaching human design and stuff is to show everybody that because then we can work less and get more done and then have more free time to do the things that we really want to do, you know? Exactly, exactly. And I think, for example, me being a manifester, it's extremely frustrating, the, the nine to five schedule. The oh, idea God. that you have to stay in a place from nine to five, even if you finished your work, especially I me, know. because the way I work is I have one or two hours of intense uh, focus I will not move away from my laptop. I will do everything in one or two hours. Mm -hmm. And then I need that rest. Just like you say, I need that possibility of 
spacing out to be able to come back. Yeah. And so I love that you introduce a human design in this because it's the idea that everyone works differently. And right now, the working habits and the working places are way too general, way too broad. And especially in a, in a society now where we focus on individualization, of personalization, I, I truly believe that companies should match with this and should start being in tune with this idea of personalization and individualization. This yes. employee may need more time or this employee may need less time. Let's explore this, you know, let's get to know them. Yes, 100%. And I hope that's, I hope that's where our world is going. And it's because of people like you two that in spreading this information and helping people on a one-on-one -on -one basis to like work through these things. I think that, I think it's going to change over the next five years or so. I'm, I'm very hopeful. Where can people connect with you two? And do you have any special offerings coming up? Uh, both of us, Sun and I, we decided that we want to be as accessible as possible. So right now, our most active platform would be perhaps Instagram, because that's the one where we have the closest possibility of connecting to our community. We're also obviously on Facebook and LinkedIn, um, but perhaps Instagram is the easiest way to reach out to us, other than the website, of course, uh, reach out to us and ask for us um, a session. And we also offer, for example, the possibility for potential clients to send us their numbers so they can do so through, for example, our website or Instagram or even on LinkedIn. They can send us their numbers and then we will call them. We have, a, like, for example, 15, free, uh, 15 minutes free chat where we can see, explore how we can potentially uh, help them and what would they need. Um, and they can also call us in the, we have our numbers in the contact session of our website. And in terms of special offers, um, so we just had, uh, or last week, our first exciting free webinar. Um, so it's, and we're planning on having them quite often. So perhaps once every two weeks. Uh, so for example, you could check either on Instagram or on our social media on the website when they are. But our idea is basically giving the possibility for a free access and an easy access for people to get introduced to the idea of work-life balance. And why does it matter? Why is it important? So that's why it's really important for us to make it free because it makes it easily accessible for people so they can start get interested about this topic. And especially our target are people who, for example, haven't started thinking even about work-life balance yet and would like to, you know, explore this. Obviously, the ones who already know about work-life balance can join as well. But it's the idea of building this momentum, this movement of importance regarding work-life balance. And, um, and also, we also have um, three different packages, so training packages which both, uh, three of them have different functions. So for example, the first one is a burnout prevention package. And that's before the, the possible disease or the possible imbalance. Mm -hmm. So it's the idea that you're coming to awareness that you're perhaps about to go into an imbalance that may trigger you so much that you won't be able to cope um, in a successful way where you can have this burnout prevention package. We also have the boundary setting package because in our specialization with work-life balance, we understood that one of the most important aspects of maintaining a work-life balance and one that we want to specialize more in 
is the idea of setting boundaries, whether personal or professional. Our focus being more on professional since we're in work-life balance within the workplace. But it's the idea of creating boundaries for yourself. And then we have the third package, which would be more about aftercare. So, for example, you've already suffered from a burnout and you don't know who to reach to or you don't know how to do well, we have the aftercare reintegration package where we help you basically, um, we help you process those feelings of burnout that may feel extremely overwhelming, especially if you already had it, and allow to create a safe, safe space with you to be able to work through it. So um, we're, we have these three packages and obviously we have the individual coaching sessions that can be either six session package or 12 ones, depending on your needs and the severity of the imbalance. But if you have any more questions, you can always drop us a little DM on Instagram or uh, on LinkedIn or even uh, on Facebook or in our website directly. Perfect. Okay. So what I'm going to do, you guys check out the show notes to this page and I will directly link Sunrise Coaching's Instagram and Facebook and all of the website and everything that they're talking about so that you can just go click on it and you don't have to go search for them. Um, definitely give them a follow on Instagram because they have a lot of, that's how we connected and they have a lot of great information for y'all on there. And um, yeah, definitely share this episode with literally any mom that you know, because I promise you, we are all, we've all experienced several episodes of burnout over the past 18 months, just because of the craziness of the world right now. Um, but then also anybody who you, you know, know that could benefit from having a little bit more work-life balance, which is almost anybody. Um, I think this was a really, really helpful conversation. And I just, I appreciate you both so much, Sana and Sophia, for for taking the time. I know that it's it's later over where y'all are. Um, mm -hmm. Sana, you're in Amsterdam and Sophia, you're in France, correct? Yeah, in Paris. I'm Paris, love Paris. Um, <laughs> thank y'all so much. Thank you. Um, thank you so much, Alison, for having us. I'm super much. excited for everybody to hear from y'all and connect with y'all. And I might have to have you on a follow-up episode in a few months after nice. <laughs> go through some of this information. I'm excited. Thank you guys so much. Have a wonderful rest of your day. You too. Thanks for listening. For more Align Designs and to connect with Allison, go to aligndesigns.co. A production of the Sound Off Media Company. I'm Marla Barr, the host of Your Wellness Journey, a podcast all about self-care, nutrition, and physical and emotional wellness. I'll teach you all about owning your wellness and understanding your personal healing journeys. Every week, you'll hear on how to conquer your mind-body obstacles and understanding your gifts. Subscribe or follow to Your Wellness Journey in all the places you would expect to find a podcast. <laughs>